See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice again? La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, sing it, baby. La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, no, sing it, baby. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. You're listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the beautiful game network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team, here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Hey and welcome to the Curse Cast Season 2, David Carl. We're back. We're back again. We out here. We out here. We're back. We're back. Season two. Can you uh, believe this? We, uh, if it was possible to cancel a podcast after one season, it should have been us. It wasn't. We're back for season two. And, uh, and what a way to start off season two. We're joined by El Jefe himself. Some of our guests are just guests for one segment. Some of them become co-hosts for an entire episode. Peter Trevisani. Hey, hey, it's great to be here, guys. He's going to co-host this episode with us. every episode he's been on, he's been our co-host, which is amazing. Thing. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> How you feeling, Pete? Oh, my God. I am so energized, so ready to get back into it. It's going to be an amazing season. We're going to pick up just where we left off. Yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happened in the offseason. Uh, not lying idle was New Mexico United, both uh, as far as signing players, as far as kind of moving forward, new deal with Puma, we can get to that. We're looking towards hopefully, you know, starting on a stadium at some point. we got a lot to talk about, Pete. And just being out in the community. Yep, absolutely. Which is one of our big points last year, what we loved the most, and then they delivered this offseason. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to start with these player signings, Pete. Uh, quite a few in the offseason, and probably one or two more to come. We can talk about that in a little bit, but... Uh, We've really, in my opinion, strengthened the back line. Let's talk a little bit about, let's start, Kalen Ryden, arguably the best player on the team that won the title last year coming in. How are you feeling about Kalen coming in? Love it. Great, great guy. Uh, first of all, I've gotten, to, a, a chance, I've gotten a chance to know him a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll get to know him more in the months to come, but... I just love the uh, the intensity he brings, the work ethic, and just the sense of presence. I think people are going to just you're going to feel him out on the field, and you're going to know that he's there, and he's going to really complement what we what we have back there. And talk about a strong left side of the defense between him and the captain Josh Suggs out there. We you know we don't know exactly how Troy's going to line everybody up, but if you've got those two guys on the left side of the defense, if you're a if you're a right wing, if you're anybody playing down the right side, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I think the key in this offseason is we just wanted to get better and get more competitive. We wanted we wanted uh, more competition at every position, and uh, and we also wanted to bring players in that that fit within our system and within our culture. Uh, and I think Troy has done a great job, you know, leading that. And Kalen's just a perfect example of that. And you know, again, we talk about trying to improve in the offseason. You know, building more competition. Defense was an area, especially in the first half of the season, where New Mexico was having trouble keeping goals out of the net for a time. Uh, is that something where Troy made a concerted effort to say, hey, maybe we want to refocus and, and try not to bleed goals like we did earlier in the season? And, and to that point, 
the second half of the season was much better defensively than the first half. They started to gel more. What goes into kind of that decision making process? Yeah, I think I think we're we're really happy who we have uh, who we had back there last year. I don't think we felt we really had a hole. I think part of it is just the system that Troy was implementing, and, it, and as a new coach with all new players, you know, it takes a while. You know, if that ball gets turned over, um, the other team's going to have numbers coming the other way. So. I think as the season went on, what you saw as a team that was was playing together more, was complementing each other more, was communicating better on the field, and that let, led to less goals uh, given up on our end. And speaking of kind of improvements on the defensive, on the back line there, uh, another guy coming in, David, I'm going to, is it Najem? Is that how you pronounce the last Najem. name? Najem. What do you think, RJ? I was going to go Nahim, but Nahim? that's, that's uh, I've, I, I'm... I should know that. We should know that. We'll figure that out. We're going to have David on this season. Yes. We'll we'll get it from him. uh, Another really great signing with with David. He had a lot of experience over in Tampa. Uh, Another great player. Another player with size, too, which is really cool to see. Yeah. And we asked asked our buddy Ian Lynn of Skyway Casuals, tell us a little bit about David. What can you tell us? And his response was he is a tenacious defender um, and all hustle, all heart. So kind of fits Troy Lassane's mold. You're going to love him. Um, you know, David actually was a guy that uh, we thought was going to be coming out here for the inaugural year. Uh, he was out in Tampa. He actually had some, uh, uh, I believe it was a knee injury mm-hmm. that he was coming off of. And I think he felt, and probably rightly so, that he was be- better off just uh, staying closer to the, the medical regime he had and, and playing with staying with Tampa. Uh, you know, obviously that's behind him. And, and uh, this year we were really happy that, uh, he decided to join us and come out to New Mexico, and uh, I got to see him last Saturday. Great guy, and I know he is just going to come in and bring a lot of energy from day one. Always cool to bring in an international, too. He is on the Afghani national team, which is pretty sweet. Um, and we'll stick on the defensive side of the ball. Philip Bagel, <laughs> he's a, a new new goalkeeper signing for New Mexico United. Uh, what can you tell us about Phil? Well, if you didn't know any better, you think Phil was playing tight end for uh, the, the <laughs> He's Broncos. He's a big man. <laughs> uh, great guy, a huge, you know, a ton of experience. Yeah, just because people don't uh, necessarily know his name, I think he has something like 130 uh, professional games under his belt. Comes from Germany, played in uh, the German leagues, and uh, his his wife is from Albuquerque, from New Mexico. Really? So, oh, so he actually was a trialist uh, when we had our open tryout last year um, and that's the first chance we got to see him he really impressed us and uh, uh, over the over the year we've been able to work with him and we're really happy to sign him this year so I can tell you I remember Andrew Bolte and I were at that open trial and we were watching everybody you know hoping to see maybe we see one or two players who could eventually play for United and we're like who is this this loud goalkeeper. He was loud and he was huge and he was killing it yeah. out there. We thought, okay, this guy's got a real shot to make the team. And he was he was probably the most impressive player we saw there. So it's awesome to see him officially in black and yellow now. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, absolutely. And I, I remember that trial too, watching him and just the presence he had out there. It just felt a little different mm-hmm. from everybody else. And uh, guess what? It was different and we're really happy to have him. He's listed at 6'1", 175. He's bigger he than that. He is way bigger what? than that. Like there's a lot of stats that you're like, this guy is not six foot. Yeah. Philippe is, uh, man, he looks like he's 6'5". He, he's, he's shack sized. He's six he is two, huge. Yeah. He's a brute. I'm excited to see what he could do. He's, he's gonna. He's gonna. 
make his presence known. I'm I'm six one and a half ish. He's taller than me. He's definitely taller than me. He's, he's a lot stronger than I am. Too. If he's six one, I'm like four he foot might eight, have had and I'm running for mayor. The, the, the conversion might have been wrong from <laughs> centimeters to inches. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Kilos so to pounds. Yeah. Let's get to the other side of the ball. Amanda Moreno, Romeo Parks up top. One looks like kind of one speed, one power. What can you tell us about these guys? Yeah, I mean, Amando, uh, great story. Um, Amando's been a pro uh, from an early age um, and uh, really ha- has done a lot of great things. He was with the Chicago Fire last year. Uh, the MLS team didn't get a lot of time uh, there. And I think you know, this is a great opportunity to come back into a system to work with Troy uh, really establish himself. Uh, if he, you know, work, work hard, get on the get on the field, and and uh, yeah, he's capable of scoring a lot of goals and doing a lot of great things for us out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and Romeo, uh, what can you tell us about Romeo Parks? Yeah, veteran. Um, if not our oldest player, one of our older players um, has been in the USL before, um, but also uh, was playing over in Ireland. It was, uh, I believe, the leading scorer for his team over yeah, in Yes, Sligo Rovers. That's right. And he came over. I know they're very disappointed to lose him, uh, but in the transfer window. So uh, he wanted to be back in the United States. And, uh, you know, with that decision coming to the United was a no-brainer for him. And we expect him to do uh, amazing things up front. And uh, they'll be some new faces up there, but uh, we're hoping it's the same result. A lot of goals in the back of the net. And that's Fourth a leading so scorer in the league last year. There you go. So that's pretty impressive. Premier League of Ireland. And he is a one year loan, correct? Uh, right now, that is correct. And, uh, you know, let's see how this year goes. And, sure. And uh, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. So those are the incomings. The outgoings uh, <laughs> Santi Moore, Kevon Frater. Uh, and uh, the pl- guys that we talked about at the end of the season last year, some guys were not resigned, like Kenny Akamatsu, uh, uh, Tommy Madden, those kind, those guys, uh, Tony Soler. Um, obviously, tough to lose players at any point. Uh, Santi goes to a team we don't like, uh, and so he's dead to us. Uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to beating Phoenix Rising with our with our new players. They've still never beaten us, and we're going to keep that rolling. They, I don't think they're going to beat us ever, no. ever, ever, ever. Phoenix, you're terrible. Uh, just, just know that. And Santi, you know what? I'm, I, I'm gonna bring a bike tire to the to the match. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, are would, you gonna like? Are you gonna give him a flat tire with that? Well, 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 yeah, that's it. You, that's it. That's it. Flat tire. Okay. Yeah, totally. Also, I uh, want to mention Sammy Sergei. Is that how you pronounce it? Sammy Sergei. Uh, another guy who's going to be up top. Uh, I, I've, I've noticed we've signed a lot of guys in the back, and we've signed a lot of guys up front. Probably got a couple signings left. Maybe. I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done. Ooh, yeah, maybe something Ooh. in the midfield. See. Well, you know, on sa- with our game coming up on Saturday, uh, you're going to get to see the full squad, including yeah. some trialists. Uh, some uh, we we had about 30. It was really like a college all star game. We had about 30 trialists come out uh, for about three days and really compete. Uh, all all really good players. Um, we have three that that are joining us right now, and uh, you know they're on trial, so they'll they'll be out on the field and and we'll all wonder who they are. We see them. Who's we'll, that guy? We'll have the roster card, <laughs> and uh, uh, I won't go through them all now. But um, but uh, all, all talented players. It's very. It's yeah. look. The, it's super uh, challenging, difficult to make a professional team. Of course, and I think that's what you see. You've got top college, collegial talent, and uh, and. And it's hard to get on a USL team. Some do. Sammy's a great example from Xavier. 
you know, I think that his highlights mostly it's, it's uh, headers, <laughs> that he, headers, and I noticed I was so I watched his highlight tape. He goes low every time, but he does it with such pace that I I mean, granted, it's a highlight tape, so everything's going to look wonderful. But uh, whereas I would say a lot of strikers would immediately try and go top shelf, he's calm, he's collected, and he goes low into the post, and it's 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 gorgeous every time I watch that highlight tape like four times because <laughs> well, we were in a breakfast no diner life. in Baltimore watching highlights of Sammy. That's right, and we were like. Look at this! This is—he he has the power, and he puts it in wherever he wants. Well, and and I, to your point, Peter, I think is it's really great to to try and get that top collegial talent. I mean, Xavier is sorry, Xavier uh, is is a really good soccer program, mm-hmm. and he was the what was it? What, what conference are they in? Uh, Big East. So he was the biggest offensive player of the week twice. Mm-hmm. He's he's a hell of a player, and to bring in young talent like that is is huge. You know, we have really great veteran talent and guys like Josh Suggs, like Kalen Ryden. Um, like Romeo Parks, Devin Sandoval, David Estrada. I mean, the list goes on. But it's good to bring in this young talent fresh out of college. I mean, the upside there is huge. That's right. And and that's it. And, you know, it's it's hard even in a few days. You know, you do the scouting. You have a tryout. <clears throat> you know, you do your best. You're looking for something that really separates a player. I think those, those tryouts are really difficult because everybody's so good. So what you're really... Looking for does somebody do something extremely well that actually can help the team, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to maybe a generalist that you know is good but won't really bring something uh, special to the team, and and so that's what we're looking for. Um, in Sammy's case, he wasn't a trial, so we signed him out of college, and we're really happy uh, that he came directly to us. And um, and all these guys, I mean, you look at some of the guys we brought in last year, kind of in a similar vein. That's that's kind of where Daniel Bruce came in and Manny Padilla, right. And Ethan Sampson and Sully Muhammad and and some others where uh, they came in a little bit later uh, and some of them made tremendous contributions, a few uh, not as much. Um, but uh, you just really don't know to the to you're in a game situation. Yeah, absolutely. And so speaking of moves made in the offseason, let's get to the coaching staff. Uh, we got brought in a few uh, new guys, including. Gavin Glinton, uh, he's the new assistant coach, and he's going to be the assistant of the HPP2 working with Zach. Uh, what can you tell us about Gavin? Great guy. Uh, one, I love it. He, he's fluent in Spanish and Whoa, English, so we, nice. uh, oh. you know, I think that's going to help us too. Uh, he's worked with Troy in the past. Um, he's a super guy. I've only spoken to him a few times. We're gonna, I'm going to get to know him more in the coming weeks. Um, uh, but you can just tell he's got, he's got it. You know, and he's ex- he's excited to be here, and he's all in, and and uh, he's going to be helping the HPP program, but also with our first team. You know, Zach Prince, who you mentioned, you know, Zach came in as an assistant coach last year, and we moved him up to the first assistant uh, position. That's a a well earned and deserved promotion for wholeheartedly Zach. agree. <laughs> uh, tremendous work uh, that Zach has done for this team. Uh, quieter, uh, probably not known to a lot of people unless you're uh, in the HPP program, um, you know, or you've seen him on the sidelines, but uh, excellent at scouting, uh, tactically getting better all the time, and, and we're really excited to have him as our first assistant. And then in addition to that, maybe the tallest soccer coach I've ever seen. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you saw the, the photo, Pete, from when they were introducing like the coaching staff, and you've got all these coaches who look like 
they're four feet tall because Peter Davis is in the photo, the uh, new assistant coach and director of goalkeepers. He is he's got he's got to be a former NBA player. The dude's enormous. Yeah, I think this is really a, a testament to Troy uh, being more comfortable in year two. He's brought in taller guys. I think last year, <laughs> just he just really wanted to keep it more in that five eight range for most guys, and so I uh, <laughs> he listened to the curse cast. That's <laughs> that's right. I was demanding taller guys, someone taller than me. Hey, and you Ro- got it. Romeo's big too. We, it's you're not size wrong. Is there and Sammy I mean, as well. Sammy's yeah, look, the there were some six. set pieces. I know we we probably would have liked to have a little more size, but uh, and it's important. But mostly, you know, everybody that's coming to our club is really, um, I would say, a couple things. One, very talented. Two, culturally, is, are they going to fit right in? And three, they're going to be challenging for for playing time, which means that our the guys we brought back are also going to be, you know, fighting for for playing time. You know, I, I just think we want to have a situation where every, you know, you don't know if you're going to be starting every week. You have to earn it and come in and look for your name on the starting lineup. And and uh, if you're not there, you're going to have to work hard to, to get in there and, and have have more competition. You you mentioned more competition, and earlier you mentioned trying to have a little more depth. You know, obviously the the Open Cup run uh, kind of highlighted maybe a little bit of a lack of depth at mm-hmm. times last year. Do you think that's been an effort on Troy's part to try and bring in more depth this year? And and should we expect the roster to be about the same size, you think? What are you thinking? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at roster size, Troy really wants to keep the roster on the smaller side because he wants everyone uh, to count, everyone to be a part of it, and everyone to contribute. I think what we saw last year was that, you know, unfortunately— you know, we just had situations where we we weren't able to really go to the guys at the back, you know, you know, at the at the back of the roster. And sure. when they came in, we saw a drop off. And so, um, you know, I think we wanted to really improve there this year. And I don't th- we're not going to have that problem this year. And no, uh, definitely not. Uh, you know, our goal is to win a cup and, and Troy's putting together a team that can challenge for a cup. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I think depth is is one of the keys to making a run. It's a long, as we all learned last season, a long USL season. You add in the open cup to that. If if we do intend to make a run this year, which it seems like we're going to, there's a lot of games. There's a lot of games and depth is, is hugely important. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, so speaking of changes in the offseason. Uh, the hoodie you're wearing right now is not Adidas, Peter. What? It's Puma. That's right. Why Why are you wearing Puma? <laughs> so excited to be working with Puma. Um, I mean, Adidas, uh, you know, it's a great brand, but I think with Puma, what we're really getting is a partner that wants to work with us and not just provide us with soccer kits and jerseys and sell t-shirts. They really, they love our mission. They love the blend of art and sport. Um, and the fact that we're partnering with Meow Wolf and, and they want to go beyond uh, a typical partnership. You know, with Puma, um, you know, we're the only sports team in America they're working with right now. Yeah. And, you know, they work with individuals. And, and I think that they've said no to a lot of other USL teams in the past. Um, but in this case, they, they see that it, it is more than just soccer and they love our community. Uh, you know, effort, and they want to get in and 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 get dirty with us, and we love that. How cool is it to be the flagship 
club, flagship brand, whatever you want to call it, for such a major brand like Puma. I mean, this is no small potatoes here. This is this is a big fish. Yeah, it is. And I think that the, the funny thing is when we made the announcement, um, I got a call from Rob Plunkett, who's our uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, I think he's head of North American soccer. Uh, and his boss called him and said and saw the release and had maybe forgot, you know, wasn't in tune that it was happening and couldn't believe the response on social media and couldn't believe that the, the quality of the release. And so, you know, that got really excited. I'm sure it made it all, it made it all the way to Germany. And, uh, and that's what we need. We need a partner that really cares about us. And we're not just one of a gazillion. Um, and they understand that New Mexico United wants to be unique and authentic and that they're going to do whatever they can to to respect that and support that. I think that's one of my favorite parts too is it's not just a really cool brand that I'm going to be excited to wear on my on my chest here, my sleeve, but it's a brand that's going to buy into our community. Mm-hmm. They're buying into your mission with New Mexico United, which is the which is to make New Mexico better and and they are in with that. When when I read all of this, it just made me happy just to see this this positivity that's going just even deeper, especially from from this global brand. Yeah. I know. And that's, yeah, you couldn't, I couldn't say it better, RJ. And, you know, look, it's hard. We made a change late. Uh, usually you know, some of these, um, some teams create their jerseys two years in advance. Uh, and uh, we haven't had that luxury. We didn't have it last year. We had some hiccups. We didn't always have jerseys. That was a lot of, a lot of that was based on, we just didn't know, you know, what to expect. And this year, we're probably going to have a few hiccups in the front end, to be honest, just because of the late change. Uh, but we're going to work through them. And when we take a long-term view, a multi-year view, a multi-decade view, uh, we're going to be creating some of the coolest kits out there. We're going to be at the forefront. Um, and I know we got pretty deep last year with in some challenges uh, with our kit. But... Yeah, we want to be the best kit in the world, and we want everybody looking at New Mexico as a thought leader and as a, a, crea- a creative leader in in, uh, in soccer gear. All right, so tell us, what's the kit look like? Tell us everything about it right now. <laughs> well, if, if, if Meow Wolf has something to do with it, I'm pretty sure there's going to be like some projection art on it and in the field. And black light jerseys. Colors during the-, yeah, the jerseys are actually going to be completely black, but... All the stadium lights are going to go out. Black lights will come on, and gonna, you'll see the, <laughs> the oh, ball will glow in the dark. That's and we'll right. Play. It's like those hockey, those hockey matches, hockey games from the <laughs> yeah. mid nineties. But uh, new kit coming, home yes, and away. New uh, kits coming, uh, maybe even a new color. Ooh, Ooh. oh, that's, that's that's exciting. That's juicy. Breaking news. Yeah, love that. Don't know what it is, but you'll find out. A color. That. I just I can feel my creative department, our creative department, just moaning right there. <laughs> like that. Sorry, guys. We, we'll leave it there. We won't get, we'll yeah, get we any more detail push, there. We won't push on, at least not on air. Yeah. As, as soon as this cuts out, Peter. Come on, what's the color? All right. Uh, so speaking of cutting out, uh, I think uh, we can go to segment two. Uh, we've got a lot of people who have questions. Uh, you want to get to that, RJ? Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. All right, we'll talk about Stadium. We'll talk about the U23s. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. We'll be right back with more on the CurseCast. This is David Estrada, and you're listening to the CurseCast. Cast. 
Welcome back into the CurseCast segment. Numero Dost, joined by El Jefe, Peter Trevisani, RJ Montano. Season two. Season two. Ta-da. Segment two, episode one. Uh, and as you all remember from last season, if you're uh, if you're a return listener, thank you for listening in. Uh, this is where we kind of get to your questions, and we had quite a few for you, Pete. Uh, we're going to start uh, with, well, something we've talked about in the past, but... It'd be good to get updates on. Uh, this is from DJO, David, uh, a friend of ours on Twitter, Curse member. He said, what's up, fellas? I have a question for El Jefe. Peter, can you give us any update on a new stadium, location, capacity, any design info like suites, jumbo screens, safe standing? We're dying to know. It's going to be the flagship <laughs> of the USL. I can feel it. What can you tell us about stadium progress, Pete? Uh, making progress. Um, that's, that's where I can start. We... We need to be in a stadium, and I think what we're really talking about is more than just a stadium that's open 20 nights a year for soccer, but a, a, a sports and cultural center that can be open every single day. And I think I think something that you know can reinvigorate uh, you know New Mexico and can really show the vitality of New Mexico. And so uh, you know to you know from my point of view, I really b- believe this stadium you know, should be open every day. You know, it should be almost like a public space. Like, why do we have, we have people that walk in the mall. Why can't you just walk around the stadium? Why couldn't you walk Love up that. and down the stairs for exercise? Why couldn't we be doing this curse cast if we had some portable equipment in the stadium? Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be so, you know, think about it with some restaurants and bars that are open every single day, but also, you know, some, maybe there's some other types of entertainment spaces, um, whether, whether they're, Things like escape rooms, but also you know other immersive things like meow wolf kind of stuff. Yeah, someone said they wanted to have a uh, a surf pool, you know, or you know, <laughs> yes. so like, let's do it. Uh, and yeah. then the pitch opens up in the middle, and there's sharks <laughs> quit, quit <being laughs> with crazy. laser beams on their heads. Uh, but I, we I can think... do a, a virtual reality. Yeah, yes. we could have that game. Uh, I think it was uh, a few weeks ago where you you mentioned this. I can't remember if it was on the television or newspaper, but you said the uh, stadium and a cultural center. And, yeah. and when I read that, it, it got me thinking. This is some more of that out of the box thinking that that we need here in Albuquerque. We need a place that's not like if we're going to spend a lot of money on a stadium and only have it for twenty nights a year, and maybe a concert or two throughout the year. That's I mean, it's still it's a fantastic facility but having it open every day and having people go there as a park or as a restaurant or as a mall like you said is is fantastic i mean maybe meow wolf leads a design where we get new mexican artists together from all over our state and oh yeah and we create some art spaces maybe some secret passageways you know maybe we zip line to our tree fort suite you know (laughs) we can we can dream uh, and we can execute, and I think that's that's the important thing. And you know, why shouldn't all the food in this stadium come from New Mexico? Why are we getting hot dogs and and hamburgers from Buffalo? You yeah. know, they should be. Come, we've got the best farms and ranches in this country, and and the food should be coming from there. And so I think like this sense of sustainability, this sense of like we're propping ourselves up, you know, with our own people. Um, we have so many great things in this state when they come together. Uh, I think it's the best in the world. Obviously, there's a, a lot of planning that goes into this, uh, a lot of steps that need to be taken before a stadium is a reality. But the one thing I must press on, safe standing. Safe standing. Safe standing. Oh, yes. Got to happen, right, Pete? <laughs> right? Right? The people want it. The people want it. Then it happens. People need it. Yeah. It's, it should be in every soccer stadium in the world. I, I agree. Yeah. I actually do agree. So I'd love to see that, too. 
Beautiful, beautiful. All right, up next, uh, Jessica at Gingy Pearl on Twitter says, Hey, Pete, we've met a few times. Thoughts on puffy Puma jackets? We were just talking about this before we came back on. I love, I love the puffy Puma jackets. I do, too. I think we're going to see puffy Puma jackets. Beautiful, beautiful. Those things are the most comfortable. Those are going to fly Jessica, I, I think that if you wanted to be first in line to buy one, we would make that happen. I I, well, you'd be I, a close second be. then, David. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love those things. Those I, I, I've had a couple uh, Arsenal jackets, uh, puffy Puma Arsenal jackets uh, when we had Puma, and they are they are so comfortable. It's the best thing Puma makes, in my opinion. Awesome. Uh, right, one of my favorite listeners. I want to get to him. Yeah. I just have to get to him. Do it. Uh, hey, Pete, big fan. Who, wait, who's that? Oh, that's Josh Lane. Oh, uh, good boy. friend, Josh Lane. He doesn't Lane. like me anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not after uh, the first segment. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, hey, Pete, big fan. What does the future of immersive interactive art look like to you? <laughs> that's a good question. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I just think that um, the more that we are disconnected in our day-to-day lives just because that's how our lives are set up with phones and computers and we're fragmented. Um, Podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) I think that immersive becomes more and more valuable. People are craving experiences. They're they're actually craving coming together with human touch. Mm -hmm. I think we see it at our games. I think that's... I think New Mexico United games are immersive. Uh, it goes beyond just a soccer match. Yeah. And so what I see is is uh, experiences that bring people together, experiences that, that get people connected, and, uh, and then using technology to supplement that but not to be the driver of that. And you think... I mean, I, I'm assuming the reason that Josh is asking this is because of the thought of including something like this in, in a stadium, which we've talked about a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I think you can have those kinds of things in the stadium. You know, we can have we can have spaces in the stadium that uh, that are pop up spaces. So you know, you you maybe for a few months you have something that is sound focused. I do a lot of work. I'm actually a uh, a partner in a project in Las Vegas called Area 15, which Meow Wolf will be the cornerstone tenant. It's about a 150 thousand square foot. Uh, immersive space um, and Meow Wolf will be a big part of it, but there's going to be all kinds of other things there uh, and that's going to be opening in the next year. And so you're going to see that there'll be pop-up spaces where, you know, for a few months, maybe it's sound based, maybe it's visually based um, and just rotating. And so uh, I could see more of that happening. That's awesome. And and speaking of the stadium while we're, while we're on it, before we move on, uh, we're kind of at a, at a an important point Point I think we talked about uh, before, Peter, about trying to, I guess, talk to your legislators, you know, make them, uh, I guess, try to inform them about what the club means to you and, and, and why is that important, particularly right now? Yeah, I mean, so right now, when you, when you talk about a stadium, um, you know, the, the, the big thing comes up, well, who's paying for the stadium, mm-hmm. right? And is it public? Is it private? Uh, and how come New Mexico United just doesn't build their own stadium and pay for it? And the problem with that is that, you know, while we'll be a cornerstone tenant of the stadium, of the cultural center, we're only going to be there, you know, for 20, 25 games a year. So to really make it work, you need to have other things that are there. I do think once we had a stadium, we could talk about bringing a professional women's team here. Yeah, that would be I think that would be amazing um, on so many levels. Um, and so what we're really looking at is what I'd say more of a, 
a private public uh, partnership here. So where you take some public money, you add in some private money, and then together you build something. So right now, what we're really looking for is that through the capital outlay program, which will be announced probably on Monday, uh, there is a proposal for $10 million to go into the planning, design, and and even to acquire some of the land for a stadium. And that money would come from your individual state legislature, your state senator. And so when you go out and contact them and let them know this week that you would love to see them support this in some in some way or fashion. They all get some money and they can allocate some of it to this project. And and uh, and I think a lot of them are going to. Uh, and we've had a great leadership uh, by by um, uh, a few of the representatives already. And and I think that we're going to come out with the ten million dollars. And once we have that, we're we're not looking back. And and I think the the key here is that this is an investment in the community. You know, it's an investment in the state as a whole. You know, whether you're from Truth or Consequences or Farmington or Gallup or wherever you're from, you know, this makes our state better. Once this happens, once this stadium happens, it's a ripple effect. You know, it's already happening with with the pride that we have in our state and the pride that we have in this club. But once the stadium is there, we have our own place. You're gonna, you're gonna it's gonna start locally in you know in that local Albuquerque area wherever the stadium may be and just ripple out and have effects throughout the state. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I think it's also important to point out that that building a stadium doesn't mean that you're not fighting crime. It doesn't mean that you're not putting money into schools and roads and other things. It's just one of the things that we're doing. It's not replacing anything. And and frankly, through some economic impact and in the the economics of hope in terms of mm-hmm. people coming in and believing in each other and and having a level of, of excitement of keeping some of our young people in New Mexico that that are heading out, getting people back, sports tourism. These are all real things that can actually provide economic stimulus. But I, but I think it's important to point out that this isn't taking you know away from something else that's really important. This is in addition to, and why we need to do things like fight crime, we also need to create things that are that are something that shine a positive light on on us and on our state and our in our community and the stadium could do that and we're recording this on thursday night we'll probably hit the uh airwaves your podcast feed sometime friday sometime, yeah. so you know friday you know saturday reach out to your legislators send them an email you know give them a phone call um if if you feel so inclined and tell them why this club is important to you and important to the state yeah by saturday mornings you know it's going to be too late by saturday okay. afternoon so, so friday today when you're listening to this yeah just Pull the car over, <laughs> yeah. log in, quick note. And no. s- speaking of civic duty, uh, on this past Monday night, uh, we were uh, we were at Albuquerque City Council meeting uh, talking about uh, about nets. And uh, Peter, what was your what was your takeaway from that meeting? I mean, we had several members of the curse there, several members of the front office there. And, and why is this important? Well, let's actually let's start a little broader. What's the, what's going on with with potential nets? Yeah, I think look, this is something that uh, I think we're going to end up in a great place, but I think it also there was some miscommunication along the way too. So, um, Isotopes Park, uh, the Isotopes need to extend the nets for safety, and I think uh, everybody's one hundred percent on board with that. Absolutely, and uh, but at the same time. In every other baseball stadium across the country that plays soccer, they use retractable nets um, in some form or fashion, meaning the nets can come down uh, for concerts, for soccer matches, for any other reason. And with with this happening, um, I think the city 
uh, you know, had had put out a press release saying that they were going to be extending the nets, but they weren't going to be coming down. And that created, obviously, a lot of uh, anxiety uh, from from New Mexico United fans. And I, and I understand why there are a lot of people that moved their seats that don't that didn't want to be behind the nets last year. Yep. Uh and and there'd be so many more people, including the curse, that would be behind the net. And my my analogy when I when I talked to the city about it, it was was this, which is that imagine if you're you've like waited all year for your favorite band to come, and you got a front row seat, you saved up all your money, you're sitting down, and the band is about to come on, and then all of a sudden a net goes up in front of you. Yeah, and you can't just tell me that. Well, your eyes will adjust to it in the next minute or two. It's just different. Yep. And so the city, to their credit, who have been very supportive, and I think this is unfortunate, almost became an us versus them. The city uh, heard what everybody said, um, and they have stated publicly that the nets are going to be coming down. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to take them on their, their word for that. I know there was some talk that maybe expenses were a part of that. Um, you know, if it is about expenses, New Mexico United will pay for it. Um, but there's just no, I, you know, we're not going to allow there to be any uh, tangible reason why we don't have the nets come down. And and it doesn't do anything to take away from the isotopes experience. And um, and I think it benefits that park in the long run, return where they want to do multiple uh, events, including music and other sports. Yeah. And we, we were at that city council meeting uh, on Monday just to kind of express our opinions on that. Uh, as you said, Peter, the, the city has seems like they've been really receptive uh, to to our concerns about nets going up. And and it's it's so important. Um, I don't think anybody listening to this would be surprised by the fact uh, that this is hugely important to fans. I mean, the the connection that players and fans have at these matches, you know, Manny Padilla, I, I, I remember him jumping into the crowd mm. after scoring a goal. You know, I I. I so many players, you know, Sully Muhammad carrying Leo yeah, around was... after after we clinched against Las Vegas, like all of this stuff, yeah. uh, you know, these these interactions, these moments that make you New Mexico United special don't happen if there are nets in the way. Um, and, and again, to the to the credit of the city, it seems like they've been really receptive. They are uh, what they left us with at the end of the meeting on Monday was they are uh, they are exploring, trying to find a way to make this happen. And, and I think it's it's really important that we, we hold them to that um, and and. And I'm excited for that to be the case. I'm really hoping that that we're able to get that done and that the nets will be retractable. So, again, credit to the city for for working with us on this. Yeah, and credit to the curse and, and all the non-curse members who really came out and spoke up. And I think, you know, really in a respectful way. Uh, and what I didn't what we didn't see a lot of was finger pointing, blaming. It was it was more of explaining almost sort of like you just must not understand what you're doing by not bringing down the nets. I don't think there was anything. I think it's fair to say there was zero malicious intent on behalf of the city of Albuquerque in this. They, they didn't, they were, they were literally doing what they were mandated by major league baseball to do. Yeah. And let's be clear without the city of Albuquerque, there'd be no New Mexico United. Absolutely. You know, we wouldn't have been able to play in Isotopes Park. Isotopes, um, and, uh, and to their credit as well, you know, we all came together and agreed to be able to play there. If we couldn't have played in that stadium, I wouldn't have felt comfortable making the investment. 
uh, to play without some kind of facility. Um, and so, you know, Lawrence Real, who maybe, you know, some people know, maybe you don't hear that name every day because he's a little more behind the scenes, but he actually was instrumental in getting the Isotopes Park uh, deal done when it converted from the Dukes and, and they did the, uh, the, the rebuild of that, that park. And he's, he's been amazing day to day, just been a huge advocate. Um, and he gets things done and, and, uh, he's, uh, you know, assured, uh, me and has assured everybody who was at the city council meeting that this is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's a great idea I mean, for baseball. I mean, I love having the nets all the way down to the foul pole. You need it. I, I think it's People long get, overdue. It's I, I, very long overdue. But to, to your point, having them retractable or, or to come down from where they are would it just you just have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a agreed. must have. It's a, it's a, it's almost like a non negotiable at this point. It's, and it's, it's easy, important. it's being done everywhere. I mean they do yeah. it in Memphis, they do it in Tulsa, New Reno, York City. Tacoma. Yeah, everywhere. I mean they do it and uh and there's a couple different systems out there. It's it's a little bit of work and a little bit of money, but not not a we're not we're not reinventing the wheel here. I assure you, the curse would be willing to put in the man hours to make oh, that happen yeah. if that's what it took. Yeah. Um, uh, back, let's get back to a couple of these questions. Yeah. And, and, and I kind of misspoke earlier. I said my favorite listener was Josh, but I should have made this person my favorite listener. Wow, Josh, yeah. you've just been Sorry, insulted. Josh, but Josh, Josh, the, the question is, well, who's it, who's it from? Susie Montano. Oh, okay. All right, that's fair. Josh, you're second <laughs> to his wife. Uh, what's the busier time for the front office, the off season or the regular season? And now that you've had time to, uh, like last season, you were kind of preparing for you didn't know what. Mm-hmm. Now you you know what's going to come. You know what's happening. You've had a real off season, uh, uh, you know, a real off season. What, what was the busier time during the season, the off season? Well, we've been talking about the off season, uh, and I think we're only scratching the surface yeah. of what really happened. We're not sure. going to get to it. All right. So, um, they're both busy. The, the big thing is the big difference is, is that during the season you have the the emotion of the games and the roller coaster of the season, uh, layered on top of the work that you need to get done. And so in the off season, um, it's really important that we take care of some of these bigger issues. It's a great time to advance the stadium. It's a great time to to change from Adidas to Puma um, and to to push forward with your staff and and technology and so forth. Uh, but it's also v- relentless and. Um, during the season, it's harder to do those projects. Uh, but the the problem is, is during the season, like if we have a game on Saturday, um, you know, we're working all week. We have a game all day Saturday. Our staff works the game. You know, Sunday, you get some rest, but you're tired. Emotion- and then Monday, we're back at it. You know, the players usually have Monday off and they deservedly so. Our staff is is in there working. So there's a grind effect that happens during the season that makes it really, you know, you get into like a survival mode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so different, but we're, uh, what we're trying to do, there is, there really isn't a whole lot of downtime. Sure. Absolutely. You're advancing a lot of causes and, and all that jazz. And, uh, I want to mention, uh, doing it now without one of the key cogs who mm. made this club happen in the first place. And that's our friend, Ron Patel. Uh, we should have mentioned this earlier and I mentioned it now. Uh, Ron got an amazing opportunity. Uh, he is now the president of Rio Grande Valley Toros. Uh, but their their gain is our loss. Pete, your your thoughts on uh, Ron moving east? Yeah, Ron, amazing human being. Um, you know, we talked about the city and their role in, in in New Mexico United, and I'd say the same thing with Ron. Without Ron Patel, there's no New Mexico United. His yep. his uh, 
you know, his commitment to the community, his commitment and love to the game of soccer, the, the work he did with the soul, the passion he brought to the project when we talked about it, it just gave me a personal sense of, of security that, that we, that we had somebody here that could really help steer us through some of the early days, because I don't come from a sports background or a soccer background. Um, and, um, I'm even, you know, I, I've lived in New Mexico for 20 years, but that's been in Santa Fe, which is different from Albuquerque, although I'm, I'm, I'm here a lot more and I love it here and I have a place here now. So, so, um, you know, Ron, uh, he's come so far. I wish he was still with us. Um, at the same time, I'm so happy that he was able to get a president's job of, of not only their soccer club, but also their basketball club. They have a G League Was the team. Vipers, right? Yeah, I yeah, think RGV that's the Vipers. Vipers. And uh, they also have a stadium. And so I think he's overseeing over 100 people. Um, under his tutelage and uh, and so uh, he's going to have to learn some Spanish and um, he's going to have to you know push himself but Ron is a a, a dreamer but he's also a doer yeah that's a huge compliment both to Ron and to what you guys accomplished over this past year too for for you to lose a staff member to another club but he he stepped up in a big role he's the president of that now so that's a huge compliment to to both Ron and, and everything else that's been going on yeah i think i think you know we've had two former executives now that are presidents of new clubs amanda powers is the president of tucson i think she's the first female president uh in uh-huh. the usl maybe of all professional soccer i don't think there's an mls president and um really excited for her and you know and that's look it is it's um i love it I love it. I mean, if New Mexico, you know, just think about what we're talking about. The rest of the country is coming to New Mexico to get the best, you know. And it only took a year. It only yeah. took a year. Yeah, one right. year. Now they're poaching. Right. We're, we're not saying our people aren't having to go there to, to fulfill their dreams. They're getting recruited out mm-hmm. uh, and pulled out. And they, they're being asked to bring what it went so well here. Please bring that magic to our town, to our community. Um that's amazing. I hope we have 50 presidents of clubs, you know, when we look back on this 100 years from now. When you look at big programs in college football like Alabama and LSU and those assistant coaches get head coaching jobs elsewhere. It's the, the sim- Nick Saban coaching tree yeah, kind it, of thing. Yeah, it's similar to that. So the, the Peter Trevisani coaching or uh, <laughs> front office tree has, has grown by two limbs this year. That's good. That's I love good. it. And let's keep it growing. And, you know, it's a real opportunity. We have, we have a great staff um, and... For all of our staff, it, this is an opportunity for them to grow. And and, and I, I really believe in people, and I believe that given the chance, um, we can always do so much more than maybe we're, we're allowed to do or have a platform to do. And so I'm looking forward to our younger generation uh, to all step up. And we're going to be you know hiring in for some spots, but uh, you're going to see a, a, the next wave of New Mexico United staff members are going to be out there, and, and uh, they're going to be household names soon. And it's uh, again, uh, we wish Ron all the best in the world, except when we play him. Uh, we're going out there. Uh, I, I got my ticket uh, to Harlingen, Texas, where I have never been and frankly probably would never have gone. Uh, but now that Ron's there, I want to go there and win in his stadium. So it's going to be fun. We'll be there. I love it. I was actually, yeah, I go to almost every road game and there's a couple that I need to take off every year. That was one I was thinking about not going to this year, but oh, uh, we're going to have to change that. that. Yeah, I'm going and I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll go, like I said, win in Ron Stadium. Speaking of Ron Patel, uh, I got I to gotta point out the video that we found of him. Uh, from <laughs> t- <laughs> 2012, Ron, I hope you're listening to this. Uh, 
Oh man. Okay. It's just go look at our Twitter. Uh, the hair is so good. Yeah. It's so it is, good. Oh, my God. Do you think he's using gel? Or do you think that's a natural... I, I don't think there's anything he's not using. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think he smells like in that picture? Is that Old Spice? What are we thinking? Axe body yeah, spray. I was say, oh, he, he used a, a can of Axe every day. In his hair. It's not even hairspray, yeah. Ron. What yeah. were you doing? Yeah. Oh. I, I think he goes with the blend. I think he makes a proprietary Old Spice Axe blend. <laughs> It's it's wonderful stuff. Like I said, go over to the Twitter. Uh, it's it's a, a video that was used in a BGN written article talking about Ron going over to RGV, and it was essentially talking about his chops as a businessman and how hey, he's been doing this for a while. And uh, the video is from uh, his company in two thousand and what did I say two thousand twelve two thousand twelve, which essentially was a, kind of a precursor to DoorDash. He came up with that idea ahead of time and eventually sold to DoorDash. Uh, but the video. Mwah, that hair. Amazing. It's great. Amazing. Well, Ron, um, we missed Ron. He is going to turn RGV around. Yep. He's going to build it up. They've got some good bones there. It's a great stadium if you haven't been out there. Uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous community, and I know that Ron is going to do great things, and it's going to be a gem of the USL, uh, and it's not going to take very long. That's right. He'll turn things around real quick. All right, let's get back to these questions. Uh, we mentioned him already in the podcast, but Andrew Bolte has – Great question here. I love it. Andrew. That's right. Everyone wants to know about the team or the stadium, and these are great, but the U23s, what are we doing with them? Sorry, what are we doing with them? When are rosters going to be announced? Where are we playing? When are we playing? Do we get specific U23 merchandise? And most importantly, where's the parade when we win League Two? And he, he has a hashtag here that I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. Somos U23 those. <laughs> That's great. I love it. That's great. I love uh, so there's it. a lot of questions in there. Um, let's talk about the U23s. We haven't talked about that yet. That's, That's exciting. That, that is, is exciting. Super exciting. I super love exciting. So, um, I think I tried to respond to a, a tweet on that, but but there was just too much. I ran out of it's a lot of questions. Yeah. So so um, we're we're pumped for this. This is this is part of the long term plan. You know, the high performance program, the U twenty three, building a bridge from when you're three years old to thirty three years old. They, that there's a platform for you here, and uh, and so this is a great extension. So. The U, we, we have two coaches that uh, we'll be announcing shortly um, that uh, you know we'll be we leading that club. Uh, so we're not going to be just using the coaches from our from our team here, although they'll obviously know the players. Um, you know there'll be a mix. We'll, we'll probably have uh, four or five of our HPP players will be part of that. Some of the older kids, um, and then we're looking to try to bring back. Uh, some New Mexicans that have gone off and played college uh, soccer outside of our state. That's great. Love that. And then and then we'll round it out with open tryouts and, and other collegiate players and other talented players. So uh, we love to have open tryouts. We love to find some some undiscovered talent. So uh, that's that's all happening. The season starts in May, so I'll, you'll hear a lot more about that in the next 30 days. Um, we're going to do something a little unique. Uh, while we're going to be based in uh, Albuquerque, our home games are going to be all over the state. I freaking love this that. This is You know? Yeah. And so we want to have games in Taos and Farmington. So when you go to a game up there, you're seeing the next generation of talent and you're seeing, you know, you're seeing, 
you know, Manny Padilla when he's 17. And yes, he has a mustache at 17 <laughs> already. And then you get to see him at 23 with the mustache. And, and so it's a little more work. Honestly, uh, because we'll be based in Albuquerque as as our cent because we're training on the tra- same field as the, the A team and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but and we'll we'll have one or two games in Albuquerque. It's not that we're not going to be here, but uh, be six home games and most of them will be in other towns. I'm so excited. I will travel for these matches. You Love know, it. if there's Every a game in Portales, we're going. If there's Great. a game in Las Cruces, we're going. I am excited for that. And this is more of that out of box thinking that that's just making the state better. Well, and talk about oh, a thanks. way also to to sell the club. You know, to I mean, maybe you get to some. It's tough. Maybe it's tough for people in Portales to get to Albuquerque for a match or Gallup. I mean, or, go to Gallup yeah. and these kids getting yeah. a chance to see these pro in their pro players in their backyard. Yeah, that's here, right. Look, look, I I didn't get to go to a New Mexico United game this season, but I saw one here at home, and now I'm I'm a fan for life. I'm excited for. Yeah, that. I mean, one of the things we talked about, and we still talk about, but way back, very very early, like when we were doing things like mission statement and and all that stuff was we need to support the supporters. And that just means that we're not just asking people to support us. We also have to support them, which means being interested in what they're interested in. And that means being, being in, in their, going to their communities when we're asking them to come from their communities to see us. So it's a two way street. And, um, but not every club gets that almost nobody gets that honestly. So, Credit to you guys and thank you from from the the perspective of a couple New Mexicans here. Mm-hmm. That just yeah. it means it means the world in awesome. my opinion. When I grew up in one of these small New Mexico towns and and to be there on one of those days when a couple buses come rolling in, maybe some of the <laughs> United uh, the cool vans mm-hmm. come in, and then some yeah. supporters coming into your town, it, nice. just almost a parade like. And I'm sure you'll have parades in these small towns, especially where, when we win League Two. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when these uh, these small towns are going to celebrate having the players in town and having the team in town, and everyone's going to come out, and hopefully we'll find out uh, soon where we can go and, and tailgate at these games if we can. <laughs> that would be awesome. And invite people from Taos or wherever, Farmington, to come tailgate with the curse and, and have some breakfast burritos or something. And, and, love it. And this is, a, this is a perfect segue into our next question from Jake uh, on, on Twitter at Chingon Records. The U23s are a great bridge for the HPP to the first team, but what is the vision for the talented female players in our state? Is there a chance for a women's team under the United brand? You briefly mentioned something like that earlier. Yeah, so first of all, just to be clear, in the HPP, we do have women so yeah. we have girls from the age of 12 to uh, uh, 18, or maybe seven. I think Anna Swanson might be the oldest. She's 16, uh, super talented. You know, she'll be playing Division One soccer somewhere. Um, and and uh, so uh, we're, we do have, we are doing that right now. And so um, I do think, you know, you could do a U23 women's team, you know, that equivalent um, that could be down the road. Probably that could be more of a sooner rather than later. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I really think the only way we can bring a professional women's team into the into the fold is with a soccer, you know, a soccer stadium. Yeah, we just don't have the room right now. And I also don't think it's really respectful to have the men's team at the lab and maybe the women's playing across the street at UNM. Wholeheartedly agree. And that's not anything about UNM. That's just about the platform 
is equal. And so the experience is equal and, and uh, we need to make sure that everybody's treated equally. So when we can, when we can really give it the platform that it, that it deserves, uh, then we're going we're gonna to work really hard to make that happen. And there have been rumors of a USL Women's League starting up at some point. So, you know, maybe we do have uh, – how cool would it be? We've got our stadium, and, you know, on Saturday we play a USL championship match, and then on Sunday we play an NWSL match or a USL Women's League match, whatever it may be. I mean – Come on, that would be awesome. Love it. That would be I great. Love it. And you know, we would just like the men's team, there'd be some women from from New Mexico because yeah. we have some of the best women players in the world. Um, and uh, and the and the thing too is, you know, there would be women on that team that that are playing in World Cups. Um, and uh, and uh, and so I just think it would be phenomenal. It's definitely part of the dream. Yeah. And uh, and we're we're every day we're getting closer to to fulfilling it. Absolutely. And uh, one question here that I really liked on Facebook from Elaine Briseño, she said, uh, and it, it, if you could provide kind of an explainer on how contracts work in the USL, I mean, obviously it's it's a little different, I'm sure, with each player, but you know, some players are rostered immediately following the season, some end up in negotiations. How, as much as you can get into it, how does that work? Well, you know, Elaine, you go high, I go low, <laughs> we kind of work it out in the middle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's an interesting uh there's a much longer answer, and I won't get into all that. But you know, there right now the uh, USL, the um, there's no players association like in some other leagues. Uh, that's that's can be an opportunity, but also it means that from time to time players don't always have the the same leverage and rights, and some teams take advantage of that, frankly. Right. And uh, we don't we don't believe in that. So we've tried to set some of our own standards, minimum standards, and and uh, and some maximum standards. So. Uh, the the range on the contract. Some of our players can make more than some MLS players make. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we don't have players making less than minimum wage. Yeah, um, and I think we've seen some teams that don't pay players. They only pay. You know, th- there's just some practices that that the league is outgrown. Yeah, and uh, and it's important that we. Um, we, we, you know, when we say we're creating positive outcomes for people, that includes our players. Mm-hmm. It's not just for fans and supporters. Um, it's for them, too. And so I think we've been trying to to really push that forward and and uh, and create a good platform. So a lot of our some of our players are signed for one year. Mostly they're signed for multiple years. And um, I would really love it if five or six years from now, some of the, the guys on our team today are still on our team. And, and I think that will happen. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the USL, not necessarily having a players association, but one is in the works, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the USLPA does exist as an entity. It's just uh, I think they're working out some of the kinks to make it kind of official and, and representation of, of individual uh, representatives from each club and all of that kind of stuff. So that that's on the way. And here's hoping that, you know, those clubs, whoever they may be, who don't necessarily pay those living wages or, or do the right thing are held to a higher standard because of it. Yeah, that's right. And, I, and again, and I think it's just the USL has come a long way and where this league was in 1999 is very different than where it is today. Yeah. And so there's there's some legacy systems that need to be improved. And uh, and it's and, it, and this league is is tremendous. Um, the, the new owners of some of the franchises like taking over like an iconic franchise like Charleston, mm. um, you know, which is 
I think won the Open Cup or yep. got to the finals and uh, well, bringing in uh, Miami FC. I mean, the great. Miami FC. Excuse me. The. Yeah, uh, <laughs> bringing. I mean, that's that's a big step. I never thought I would see the day that the Miami FC was playing in the USL. They've been so anti-USL for so long, but I mean, it, it their existence in the league raises the profile for the league. One because of of, of again their how, how people know them, but in addition to that, it brings in an ownership group. Frankly, that splashes a lot of cash, mm-hmm. which is good for the league. It brings in higher quality of talent, um, and and again, it's it's kind of an in-your-face club, and it's again an exciting an exciting get for the league. The league is continuing to grow. Yeah, it is, and and I'm really happy with the new owners and just their commitment. The new ownership group in Tulsa, mm-hmm. very strong, oh, yes, very low, yes. very committed. Uh, what a great win, Tulsa! I think is going to be a gem. Great rebrand of uh, yeah. Absolutely. And the fact that they put the time into that. And um, I think in a few years, they're going to be filling up that park. Uh, and and so San Diego with Landon Donovan, very exciting. There's a lot of a lot of interest in what's going on there. So um, on and on it goes. But I really think that the USL is only getting stronger and the level of play is um, is as we've seen, we, you know, we can beat MLS teams in, yep. in games that matter. Yeah. You think we should do a TIFO about Lyndon Donovan's hairline? I think, I think cool. he and I have the same hairline. That's <laughs> funny because you're bald. <laughs> <laughs> Landon, uh, you're a great American hero. Can't wait to beat you. Um, all right. I think that's it for segment two. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the awesome new stuff that the curse is doing. I yeah, think. Yeah, we've had a big off season too. Yeah, so yeah, we got to. You know, talk about that a little bit. Let's do it. We'll be right back with more on the Curse Cast. Hey, it's Pete Trevisani, and you're listening to the Curse Cast. We're doing it. Welcome back into the Curse Cast. It's our third segment, and uh, David, we've had a huge off season with the Curse ourselves. It's been the biggest off season in Curse history. It has been. It's also been the only off season in Curse history. We had an off season before. <laughs> I mean, can you have an off season if you hadn't yet had, had a season? Uh, we had a. You're right. It was a very long preseason. That's right. That's right. But, uh, but the Curse has grown into something that we never expected from in, in this one year. Sure, absolutely. I mean, not just in numbers but in an impact in what we've been able to do. Yeah, and both uh, on the field, off the field, or I guess in the stands and out of the stands uh, in the community, it's it's been it's been fantastic. It's been great to see people coming together. We hear stories all the time about how I didn't know this person, I didn't know this person. Now we're hanging out on the weekends, and yeah. we're friends, and we're family now, and it's great to see and hear all these stories and and see these relationships built. So let's talk a little bit about, a little bit about what we've been able to kind of do in the off season. One of the things, RJ, that you and I were able to participate in and which was really great uh, was uh, the Independent Supporters Council Conference in Baltimore in January. That was awesome. Um, So cool. Yeah. For lots of reasons, but the biggest one was all the beer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, we, we got to you meet with supporters from around the country, from around different leagues, the the NWSL, the NPSL, the USL, the MLS, all these different supporters from all these different parts of the country. And we just talk about 
best practices. We talk about ideas. We bring stuff home with us. We give stuff to them. It's 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 such an opportunity for us to grow uh, as a supporters group and for all the supporters groups to grow. Um, hugely important. And P, we're going to bring in some some new stuff this year. We're not going to tell you about it yet. Uh, but Are things you will changing be- colors. <laughs> for, no, we're going we're going we're going to have yeah we're going to have a, a special color. We're not going to tell you what it is. An alternate name for the- <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're uh, we're 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 excited. We're going to bring in some new ideas and and uh it's really it's really really going to be awesome it it is and being able to go out and hang out with these different uh clubs and and there's so many different some teams some mls teams have five or six different supporters groups under one umbrella which is really cool too it's 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 like minnesota and and lafc Mm -hmm. have uh and in atlanta they have several supporters groups that fall under one umbrella and they're there for the same mission. And it's great to see that. And they had great ideas and and we were able to take some of the stuff we've done here in Albuquerque that was so innovative and, and, out of the box thinking and when we delivered our message to them they're like wow that is really cool this is a great idea and and one of those things and and we haven't really talked about it on the curse cast yet because it happened during the off season Mm -hmm. is the cursitos yes los cursitos is an awesome new thing uh javier obando uh our friend and proud curse member also a dad um and he had a couple opportunities last year where um you know he'd bring his kids to the match and he thought well maybe the supporter section isn't the right place for them you know at a young age and he wasn't the only one there were there were several supporters uh curse members who i thought you know i love the curse i love the club but that section might not be the best place for them so out of that Los Cursitos were born. Uh, they are the supporters group uh, for uh, supporters 13 and under for New Mexico United. They are the U23 of the <laughs> That's right. You're not the only one who can do that, Pete. I we love can do it. The U13s. The U13s. And it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, credit to Javier and, and just his, his kind of taking the reins on this. Uh, they have their own scarves. They have their own membership cards with discounts just like we do. Um, they are going to do their own TIFOs, have their own chance. They're going to lead us in the march to the match every mm-hmm. match. You're going to have the kids up front. And it, it's it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. And, and I think it'll bring a different element to the match. And to be able to take that and, and offer that, like, hey, this is something that we're starting here in Albuquerque. And these MLS teams and these big club teams are just like, that is brilliant. I never would have thought of that, and and it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them came up to us afterwards and were like, "Tell me more." Yeah. And and are taking that back home to how can we do this here in Chicago? How can we do this here in New York? Talk, how how about a great way to grow the game? I mean, come on, starting a kids supporters group that gets you know kids interested. As, I mean, if they weren't already interested at a young age, but like they can be part of something. Yeah, I look. I I love it. Javier's amazing too. I mean, what a what a great idea. And uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing the creativity that comes out of this group. And you know, what are they what are they creating? You know, for the games that that represents you know their age group. How do what what are they? What's the vision through their eyes? Mm-hmm. I, I hearing agree. the story, they 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 created their own logo. They based it off of the Curse logo. Created their own logo, Los Cursitos. Mm-hmm. And when Javier was telling us about how they came up with. The stuff the kids came up with the stuff. Yep, it just makes you want to cry. It's going to be all kid driven. Hearts and bolts are in their logo. Yeah, mm. and and they have a reason for that. It's because they are the heart and energy of the team. And when you hear something like that from the kids, come on, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. We're doing something right. And yeah. and kind of this ties into something you mentioned earlier, RJ, which is um, some of those 
supporters organizations, supporters groups from around the country have this umbrella format. And that's something that we're working towards moving toward uh, as the curse. And so essentially, Los Cursitos are the first kind of a supporters group that would fall under the curse umbrella. And, and we encourage more. If you uh, you know are interested in starting an additional supporters group that would fall under the curse umbrella, we can support that. We can help that. It, we've seen it from around the country. It can be things as frivolous or stupid, if you will, as a supporters group that surround, that's all about eating hot dogs, like our friends, the oh, Tulsa Lunatics. Yep. We love them. They're one of my favorite supporters groups in the whole league, and they're focused about eating hot dogs. It doesn't need to necessarily be something as important, but it can be something as important as, you know, making sure that you feel as though, you know, uh, there's LGBTQ uh, supporters groups. We would love to have that if if there was a need for it. You know, we would love to have uh, supporters groups for different, uh, you know, ethnic minorities, different whomever wants to have a supporters group. We would love to be able to make sure everybody feels represented while also keeping a united voice. And I mean, we, we want you in the curse as well. Yes. Like, like you are a part of M- us. Members of Los Cursitos are in the curse. Yeah, they are part of the curse. So we're not saying, hey, go start your own supporters group. We're, we're saying no, we like, want we everybody want together. everyone here. We, we don't care who you are, what you are, where you are. Yeah. We want you to be part of our family. Yeah, every, all of us are together. And like I said, I think it can be really difficult. Uh, it's a fine line to walk to make sure everybody feels as though they're represented and everybody is represented. And on the other hand, you're all speaking with one voice. And I think this is the way to do it. You've got an umbrella organization, which in this case would be the curse, like Minnesota has the Wonder Wall. And we need to make sure everybody has their voice and we all work together. And I, I think it's a great organization. So if you as a fan are interested in doing something like that, come talk to us. Yeah. I love it. The curse has also grown behind the scenes as well. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the growth that has happened with the leadership of the curse? Yeah. So, uh, I don't have to tell you RJ last year, (laughs) last year, uh, it was far too centrally, uh, focused. I guess there was a president, there was a vice president, there was a secretary and there was a treasurer. And those four individuals, uh, kind of were in charge of everything. And that's dumb. That's really dumb to make everything we do uh, focused or not focused around, but kind of made to happen by four people. That's that's crazy. Uh, and, and so what we've decided to do this year, we've come up with new bylaws that really spread out the, I guess, the the power spreads out the the responsibility is what I'm looking for. Um, and so we've gone from four people to 10 um, and six. So you still have president, vice president, secretary, treasurer. That's your executive board. But in addition to that, you have six uh, committee Jeez. chairs. Um, so those can be the committee chairs for Los Crescitos is one of them. Uh, there's a game day and hype chair. There's uh, a, a chair who's in charge of uh, tailgates. There's a chair who's in charge of uh, travel. There's a chair who's in charge of merchandise. These Community are important engagement. things. And, yes. And so each one of those chairs underneath them has a committee. And anybody in the curse can be on any number of those committees, we all work together. I, you know, I'm, I'm the president, but I'm going to be on several of those committees helping out wherever I can. And we are having elections for these, all of these positions. Um, it's, it's should be more available to more people because it was far too centrally focused last year. And now, uh, everybody should be able to take ownership in it and have their part in it. And I'm so excited to see how this is going to evolve. Yeah. Opening up the, the, the leadership positions, but also creating these committees where more people can be like, Hey, you know, I have a really good idea for the tailgates, but I never really got to do anything with that. Well, now you have a committee to go to and and someone to talk to and, and you can work with them on, Hey, let's have tacos for this one or let's, uh, 
have the drums sit in a certain area for this game. We want ideas and then we should all be able to take ownership of this together. And it's so important because if it's just centered around a couple people, then we're not succeeding. We may have big numbers, but we're not succeeding unless it's owned by everybody. And I'm so excited for what's going to happen this year. I'll tell you, I just listened to this. Um, I'm just blown away and just to think how far this has come you know, in a year. And if you're, if you're thinking, you know, oh, it's hard to build something from scratch now and, and it's too difficult. Look at, look at what you guys are talking about a year later. Um, amazing. And not just the numbers, which are super impressive, but, but these committees and bringing people together and, and the, the different uh, levels of creativity. I'm, I'm so proud and so impressed. Bravo. Uh, thank you. And like I said, I'm just I'm excited for how this is going to continue to develop. I'm excited for how this, how this is going to continue to grow. You know, I, I foresee in, you know, in a couple of years, you know, we have, you know, we have Los Crescitos and, you know, the uh, for example, up in up in uh, Ford Madison, the flock, they've got uh, the Featherstone Flamingos, which is a uh, supporters group for for black fans. I would love to have that here. I would love to have uh, a supporters group for, again, LGBTQ. I'd love to have us have us have like six branches in a couple of years mm-hmm. from now. And we're all all united in one voice underneath the curse umbrella supporting our club and you know we've got different people in leadership and just I, I want this to grow and it's it's exciting yeah it's very exciting uh, and to go back to the the conference that we went to yes we created some great relationships yeah. uh, during that and and not just in USL which we did with uh, Skyway Casuals over in Tampa Ian yep. is a great guy and we had, we had a lot of great conversations yeah. yeah and I'm looking forward to keeping connecting with him he's also the treasurer which is really cool a USL guy is the treasurer of the ISC yeah it's not all MLS it's not all MLS and then we also made uh, really good friends with the Ford Madison folks there was a was it two or three different three so three different supporters groups from Ford Madison? Mm-hmm. Uh, made really good connections with them, and and we made a huge connection with the guys at LAFC. Yes, got along with them really really well. Just kind of clicked. Uh, they brought a, they brought a lot of people. They, they brought, brought like a lot people. of people. <laughs> but they're another one of those organizations, uh, another one of those supporters umbrellas, if you will, that has several different supporters groups underneath thirty two fifty two, and they all work together, which is really really great. Um, but we just clicked with them. It just went really, really well. Um, I guess I don't. I don't know what it was, I, but we I just mean, got along. It, it, they are a lot like. So Albuquerque and LA have had this history forever with the Dodgers and the uh, the Dukes, mm-hmm. and, and now we have we have such a similar makeup. I mean, culturally and and just diversity wise, it, it's very similar. They're on a much larger scale, but we have that here. And I think they, they see that and they know that and they just connected well with us. Yeah. And when we were asking for advice on, on, on things that pertain to the curse, they were the first ones like, Hey, like, don't give up. This is what we did. Yeah. And when we had, this is what we do. They're like, you guys so smart, keep it up. Encouraging, but they were there. And, and I mean, they're a group of, Groups, several groups of like these blue collar, hardworking dudes who just love their team, love their city. Yep. And that's where it was actually. I think that's, that's what where it was. We clicked. Is those guys love LAFC, but they love LA more. Mm-hmm. And we love New Mexico. We love New Mexico United, but New Mexico's our home. Yep. And United kind of helped bring us all together. Yep. But it's created this much bigger force. I agree. And I think that's where that connection came from. Is it's home over club. Sure. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. And as a result of that, I think we're going to make a trip out to LA, uh, hang out with them. So uh, there's, I don't remember what the date is, but there's a, 
They play on the same Saturday that we play on, and they play at like noon or one. So we're going to go to the LAFC match, uh, hang out with some of their supporters, and then the goal is for us to head down south to the LA Galaxy 2 Stadium when we play them a few hours later, and some of the LAFC guys join us, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be, be a blast. Yeah. And just creating that kind of relationship is, is really cool. It's really neat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we we both, so uh, LAFC had, a, I don't know, what the player contract or something with Phoenix. Yeah. They hate Phoenix as much as we do. <laughs> There's think, where we really yeah, clicked. That's contagious. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our off-season, what we've done, I guess. Any Anything else you want to touch um, on? Well, Yes. Uh, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, we watch parties. Oh yes. yes we got yes. some expanded. new locations. We've expanded. Go ahead, RJ. Uh, so so this season, I mean, as always, our home is Star Brothers, uh, and it always will be, and it always will be. So we're going to be at Star Brothers again for this uh, 2020 season. So you could catch all the away matches with our our official curse viewing parties at Star Brothers. That's right. Uh, but we opened up a new location in uh, downtown. Yep. A hollow spirits, uh, which is really cool. We've got nice. a beer place and now we've got a liquor place. Yeah. And in addition to that, we had our annual general meeting there. Uh, they gave us the distillery uh, to do so. It was a great room. Um, they had the projector up for us. It's a really awesome room. And they've got a big projector up where they're going to be showing the matches. They'll have the sound piping in. It's going to be great. And the food was incredible. The food was great. Uh, I wasn't allowed to have a cocktail because I was on a diet. I'm no longer on it. I, I had a cocktail. <laughs> I had a burger. I had this burger that was a choice. Chorizo short rib yeah. burger. And yeah, the, the chorizo short rib burger diet. I've heard of yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's what I was on. Man, I've I been need, on that whole life. On that diet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great food, though. It's it's uh, located Hollow Spirits. It's downtown. It's on First Street in downtown Albuquerque. Uh, really easy to find. Really great location. So you could. Uh, uh, that's our second location here in Albuquerque. That's right. This we're season. so excited. Frank and the whole crew there have been great to us already, and and we're gonna we're gonna pack that place and have a great time. Yeah, sticking here in the metro area, uh, we opened up a new location here in Rio Rancho. Brulette. Brew Lab 101. Uh, so anyone, it's really close to Albuquerque, so it's not like far in Rio Rancho, like you're going to the Star Center. It's right here on Southern Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Uh, really easy to get to and a really cool space, and it's kid-friendly. There's an area for kids. There's a big stage with chalkboard walls, They've tables. got a big outdoor patio where they'll pipe the sound out through during the matches. It's really cool. And... For every game, they are going to have food trucks. Yeah, and so in addition, so they've got the food trucks. They're going to bring in food trucks for all of our all of our watch parties for whether they're on a Wednesday or a Saturday or whenever they may be. In addition to that, there's like a pizza place and a pasta place nearby that will deliver into the restaurant into the the, the bar for you. So there will be plenty of food options, great beer and cider. They do cider as oh, well. Really good cider. I had one of those. You couldn't have one of those. I had one of those too. There you go. Uh, so Brew Lab 101 Southern Boulevard here in Rio Rancho, uh, very close to Albuquerque's West Side. So if you West Side. Don't want to make it all the way across to the river. Across the river, here's some easy place to come to. Absolutely. Uh, up in Santa Fe, we got a new place. Yes. So uh, we are uh, opening up with Second Street Brewing, and they've got a location. It's only been open for a couple of years, right next to Meow Wolf, the Rufina uh, location. And uh, one of the reasons that I'm I'm really excited about this one is the head brewer. Tom Ludzia is a diehard Curse member, diehard United supporter. That's what we want. We want locations where you know. They're into it, and Tom could not be more into Luna, it. Yes, yeah. Tom comes down to Albuquerque for our events just yes. every time we have something. Tom's down here hanging Love out it. with us. It's really cool. Great and like spot. David said, 
right next to Meow Wolf. So, I mean, if you're going to go up to Santa Fe for, for a viewing party, just double dip. Go take yeah. a day, go check out Meow Wolf, they and sell the, spend the evening in, in the Rafina. Pete, they sell the United jerseys at Meow Wolf, don't they? They do. There you yeah. go. Pick one up there. Sometimes when we're out... She run up to people. <laughs> people do. People do. They run up. They yeah. So uh, yeah, great spot. I love that. I love uh, that the brewery and um, great guy and yeah, absolutely good. Good choices. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. And we're gonna do a. We haven't put it on social media yet, but we're gonna do kind of a, a launch party there. I think on the twenty eighth. Uh, so stay tuned to social media yeah, for that. We'll get northern there. New Mexico. You can come on down for that. Um, and we're back at Bosque Brewing down in Los Cruces. That was our spot last year. Uh, we're sticking with it. Uh, and they uh, they were kind enough to host us when we went down to El Paso. Uh, we kind of we stopped in Las Cruces, had a little bit of a, a fun kind of launch party there down in mm-hmm. Cruces, and then continued down to El Paso. There's a surprise guest at that. Too. Oh yeah, somebody showed up like right at the end. Is name, name rhymes with Schmieder Schmevishmani. <laughs> uh, Pedro. <laughs> but that was great, and was we're really going cool. to do it again this year. Um, we uh, so oh oh that reminds me, uh, bus trips, bus trips. We've got two of them planned already. One of them is to El Paso. Uh, and the other one to Phoenix. We are going to do buses to both. That is happening. That is confirmed. That is a thing. Uh, looking forward to making that happen. So, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, normal. Like last year, we really kind of had to scramble to get these figured out. These bus trips figured out at the last second. We've got these locked in. Wow. This is Phoenix and El Paso. Organized. They are happening. That's and uh, uh, one last thing. I don't know how this slipped our mind. I do not know how this slipped our mind. But, okay. David, we got a radio show. Oh, my God. We actually, <laughs> what the hell's going on? We got a radio so show. So we're sitting right now in, at ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And uh, it's late at night, so it's just the three of us here. But if anybody who, who worked here was here, what the hell were you thinking bringing us yeah, in Yeah, looking here? at us. To, <laughs> we come in usually after the cleaning crew and record the podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, we're excited. That's going to be uh, United Weekly. Every Saturday from 11 to noon here on 1017 The Team, uh, it's going to be live, uh, which, whew, Peter, that's going to be dangerous. Yeah, uh, you have to have that seven-second <laughs> delay on for sure. We're going to have player interviews, uh, you know, kind of like we do here on the CurseCast, but again, live. I'm uh, hoping to be, I don't, I don't know, RJ, are we going to be able to take calls in? Yeah, we can take calls. Sweet. Yeah, so we, you could actually call into the CurseCast, I mean, United Weekly, yeah. and uh, talk to me and David and, and tell us how dumb we are. Except Lucas is not allowed to call. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he. I guess he can call because we like Lucas during we'll just, that show. We'll t- oh, yeah. We have to pretend to like him during the show. What yeah. happens when you're on the road? Uh, that's a We're, good question. That's a great question. Because um, I'm going to a lot of away games <laughs> yeah. this year. I didn't think hey, about that. Your, your cell phone better be charged. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Uh, and maybe we could convince 1017 the team to go on the road with us. We yes. have our own yes. broadcast studio on the that road. That would be awesome. So, Joe's for example, crazy enough to do it. We're, we're both going to the Austin match. I'm not going I'm to sorry, Austin. We're both going to, we're Tulsa, both going to Tulsa and Colorado Springs. So maybe we do United Weekly remotely. I would love that idea. That would be a blast. All right. No pressure, 1017, the team. Joe, or if you're listening. You know, maybe when like when you're listening. Yeah, let's, let's make that happen. That would be pretty awesome. But yeah, so uh, United Weekly, Saturday mornings from 11 to noon, right here on ESPN Radio, 1017, the team. Yeah, well, so we're not on 1017. Or I mean, we're recording at 1017, no, the team right now. There, but, but right now we're on the BGN, the beautiful oh, game right. network. And, and I was also going to point that out. Uh, the BGN, which... Which gave us that beautiful Ron <laughs> photo. Thank you, BGN. But the beautiful game network, uh, the Curse Cast has been on that since day one. Um, it's home to uh, USL MLS Premier League podcasts, uh, and, and they've now opened up the writing site, which yep. is a lot of articles from around the country on on USL teams, uh, MLS. So uh, go to BGN.fm 
and they got you covered. And we are now no longer the only uh, New Mexico United podcast on BGN. Seek and Strike is now a BGN podcast. There we go. So our friend Chris Walker over there, Dan right. Hicks has joined him. There's a whole crew over there with Chris. Uh, they're doing a great job. Uh, again, they're now officially a BGN podcast too, so congratulations to them. Looking to do some collaboration with them this year. Should be a lot of fun. So yeah, it's, it's continuing to grow. I love it. Who would have thought New Mexico would be a hotbed for soccer <laughs> one year ago? Peter did. Peter, oh, and Peter knew it. Peter knew. No. Peter, I need to. We need to go to a casino or something. Which, which is great because Sandia Casino is now one of the sponsors. Oh, there we go. Excellent. They're they're amazing. So, uh, look, I God, I'm just. I'm like so blown away and humbled by all that stuff you guys just talked about. It's, Sorry, we kind of left you out of this. Yeah. No, I love it. I love Sorry. it. I'm just listening and I'm like, it, it, it's in, and feeling, you know, as a sense of pride too. Like we're, you know, we're doing it. This is the yeah. it, you know, we, we say that and you know, with a smile and a, but this is the it we're doing it around. Two. This is the, it. you guys are doing it. We're doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. I think that, uh, wraps us up. We got a couple more sponsors to thank. Do we, uh, we do have a couple more sponsors to thank. Uh, we, we went over our, our viewing parties. We'd love to see you out at any one of those locations yes, too this season. Absolutely. Uh, but we also want to thank rude boy cookies. Yeah. Rude boy cookies is amazing. And I've been going there all off season just to make sure that when we went to taste testing everything was I think it was when we went to Dallas was the road trip they made cursed cookies for us to take on the trip yes. that was so cool they and didn't when, have to do that when we went to El Paso we caravan down El Paso last season yep. uh, Mike called us up and said hey come pick up a couple dozens we, did, we didn't even cookies. ask him he's no. just he just he got in touch with us and said hey we'd love you guys to have some cookies for the road that's awesome that's so awesome back for year two uh, rude boy cookies uh, 115 Harvard across from UNM and in the Elvada Square 2500 Central right across from the Albuquerque Aquarium two that, great locations yep absolutely fantastic uh, house of soccer yep so you could go get your new Puma jerseys <laughs> that's right yeah you're uh, and get them get them uh, get the names on the back and your curse membership gets you 10% off at house of soccer Awesome. Yeah, and, and uh, 1017 the team thanks again for uh, allowing us back for year two and bringing us on the actual airwaves the noms and the noms yes yeah. so the noms are we we, we love the noms are they're, they're still our they're still our theme song right um, well now they have to be right yeah. <laughs> what are they playing next <laughs> well we should figure that out we yeah. should go to a nom show we need to have a noms come start a show with us with come to the, the tailgate. tailgate show speaking of tailgates uh saturday Preseason match against Colorado Springs uh, at the UNM soccer field. We will be there tailgating at 9 a.m. because we're crazy idiots. Uh, breakfast burritos handmade by RJ Montano and Johnny Molina. Uh, thank you to both of them for for doing that. Uh, we're going to... The Deez goes out. And yep. Cooking up. I'm so excited. Red, green, or Christmas. Uh, it's going to be delicious. We'll have uh, beer from Star Brothers. We will have uh, coffee with maybe a little bit of Irish in it. Uh, we will have donuts from Total Betty. Uh, it's it's going to be great. Oh, I, my, the last keg of the year of the Biscochito Stout from Star Brothers, which is my favorite beer in New Mexico. So going to enjoy that. We have to pick up some Biscochitos. Yeah, we should. Definitely. All right. I think that wraps it up. Peter Trevisani, thank you so much for joining us as always. Love it. This is... Uh Season two is definitely underway. Absolutely. We're excited. Uh, and again, we'll see you on Saturday. RJ, Somos Unidos. We are united. For the taking, the earth is shaking from that groovy quaking. Coming out of this guitar and, and the beat goes on and on and on from day to night. We'll be rocking to the earth and